Amen. And let us now open to the Word of God, our text this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 3. We'll be looking at verses 10 to 17, reading verses 10 to 17. Just a note as you are turning there, uh, this is certainly uh, one of those texts where uh, you're never going to be able to consider uh, everything and, and, and all the angles when you open it up. The um, breadth of application from verses like verse 16 are, are so wide. Uh, Lord willing, we'll come back to verse 16 a little bit more in a couple of weeks when we are in um, the start of chapter 4. Verse 16 uh, and 17 very much lead into the first verses of chapter 4 as well. Uh, one other note, um, again, there's, a, there's so many things going on in, in this text uh, there will be uh, things such as the last verses, the last words of verse 12 that we're not really going to uh, look at this morning uh, will be persecuted. Um, although, uh, Lord willing, we'll think, uh, think about that uh, tonight as we open up Zechariah 13. Uh, but with those words, let us uh, come to this text. And there is much for us to hear uh, from this passage of God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 10. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so far the reading. May the word of the Lord come to bear upon us. Dear congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, does scripture ever say something like that modern proverb, well, not so modern, it's quite old, but that somewhat modern proverb, do as I say and not as I do. Does scripture ever say something like that. Well, the closest that we come to finding those words is probably in Matthew chapter 23, verse 3, when Jesus rebukes the Pharisees and says of the Pharisees, for they preach but do not practice. That's the, probably the closest we come 
to reading, do as I say, not as I do. It's in the context of Jesus rebuking the Pharisees who go by that pattern. And so Paul the Apostle, giving a contrast against false teachers, not specifically the Pharisees here, but the false teachers in Ephesus, the false teachers who we've we've looked at for those who have, have been here for 2 Timothy and even 1 Timothy before that, the apostle gives this contrast against the false teachers, the false teachers who both have false teaching and false living. And he says, beginning in verse 10, you, however, and then the apostle Paul uh, speaks about his true teaching in the Lord and his true living in the Lord, the faithfulness that he would have, even as all of this is from the Lord. The Lord rescued me, uh, verse 11. And even as uh, the apostle says it in another place in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so we should not say, do as I say and not as I do by God's grace. It is not only the apostle, but it is all of us who should say, do as I say and do as I do as I imitate Christ. We can take another phrase from our text, a phrase about all those who, verse 12, desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. And again, this is not just something for an apostle to say. This is something for all of us to say. This is something for all of us to desire in Christ Jesus to live a godly life. And so our theme, taking those words from verse 12 and one word from verse 17, our theme this morning is this. Be equipped through faith in Christ for a godly life. Be equipped through faith in Christ for a godly life. Equipped from various circumstances is our first point. Now, as we begin to work through the text, I want us to step back for a moment and see both at the start of our text and at the end of our text, this emphasis on both uh, teaching, do what I say, and on living, do as I do. Uh, Look uh, at verse 10. The Apostle Paul speaks both about his teaching You have followed my teaching. And he speaks about his life, his doing. And he does that with a whole series of words. My conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. And then if we go to the end of the text, we see this same kind of uh, plain pattern. There is an emphasis upon teaching, that which we must hear, verse 16, from all scripture, which is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching. And there's also an emphasis upon living, upon what we do. Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And again, as we mentioned in the introduction, this is in contrast to those false teachers. The false teachers have false teaching. They are opposed to the truth. They are, 3 verse 7, never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. And they are also full of unholy living, unlawful practices. We see that verse, uh, we see that list in three verses two to four. Now, brothers and sisters, who could uh, both 
have true doctrine, true knowledge, the fancy word orthodoxy, a right knowledge of the truth, and true living, right living, the fancy word being orthopraxy, a right living by the word of God. Who can have both of true, true knowledge and true living? Well, I trust that we know this is something we cannot do in ourselves. Surely when we uh, think of texts such as the Apostles' quotation of the Psalms in Romans 3 about how we all fall short of the glory of God, we know this is not something we can do in and of ourselves. But it is to be our desire. It is to be in Christ Jesus where we want to come and where in Christ Jesus we will come. And this is true from whatever circumstances you start from. Think about, think about Timothy and Paul. And Paul's saying, right, he's saying, I am an example in your life. Do as I say and as I do in Christ Jesus. Paul's circumstances to get there are circumstances of living in false teaching for many years, being a leader of false teachers, a Hebrew of Hebrews, he calls himself in Philippians. His circumstances are that of uh, violently being against the church, violently being against Jesus Christ, dragging the early Christians into prison, standing there as an accomplice during the martyr, the killing, the murder of Stephen. And that's the place from which Paul starts. But he is converted. He has changed. He has taken out of those circumstances and into faithful teaching and faithful living for Jesus Christ. And then what about Timothy? What are Timothy's circumstances that he come from? Well, that's nothing like the path that the Lord took the Apostle Paul on. The path of Timothy is what might be called the boring path, what's sometimes called the boring path. He was raised in the faith. He was raised with his faithful mother Eunice and his faithful grandmother Lois, who had a trust in the Messiah, and who, as the gospel of Jesus Christ was proclaimed, Every indication is they very quickly received Jesus as the true Messiah. There was no period of persecution against the church for Timothy. Timothy is, along with his faithful mother and grandmother, one of those Jews who quickly received Jesus as the true Messiah. It is an opposite account in, in so many ways from the Apostle Paul totally different circumstances to get to the point of beginning uh, a life of knowing the truth in Christ and living rightly in Christ. And brothers and sisters, these are just two examples. And, and, and if we just think in terms of, of the circumstances of being in or outside of the church, if we just think about the circumstances of coming to uh, Christ earlier or later in life, we, we can give every kind of example from, from the scriptures. 
Uh, we can think of, of someone like David who, who was raised in the church and then would fall into even gross sins, but, but early in life and all throughout life he repented and trusted and turned to the Lord. Or we could think of, to keep it in the family, we could think of David's son Solomon who grew up in the church, who grew up in the covenant community, and yet he fell away from the Lord. He, he trusted in all of those vain things as we think about the book of Ecclesiastes that he wrote. And then what does he say when he comes to the end of all of it? He says, because he did not serve the Lord all through his life, but he threw away the gifts of wisdom, he threw away the gifts of, of, of growing up in the covenant community, he trusted in all those vain things. So what does he say at the end? He says, do as I say, not as I have done. He says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Again, that tense, that, that do as I say, not as I have done, that's, that's a much better way to say it. Because if we say, do as I say, not as I do, that implies that I'm not trying to do, that I will not do uh, faithful service now and in the future. But brothers and sisters, again, we are called to a changed life. We are called to desire to live a godly life. And by God's grace, whatever circumstances we started from, however we got there, when we are trusting in Jesus Christ and repenting of our sins, that, that will be our new pattern. That will be who we are. And then we can uh, give uh, other examples of those who were not raised in the church and could keep it in David's family again and, and now go backwards. And we can think of someone like Ruth who was not raised in the covenant community but early in life repented and trusted in the Lord. Or we could think of someone like the thief on the cross or Nebuchadnezzar who did not grow up in the, in the, uh, did not grow up in the covenant community and later in life trusted in the Lord and came to him. There are so many different circumstances. Raised in the church, not raised in the church. Falling away from the Lord, not falling away from the Lord. But it does not matter how we get there in this sense. What matters is to repent now, to trust in the Lord now. To live by faith in Jesus Christ now. And to go forward desiring to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. So yes, some believers will say, do as I say, not as I have done. As Solomon, to paraphrase, Ecclesiastes 12 said it. But by God's grace, all believers will say, do as I say, and as I do. And the circumstances that we come from to get to that point that does not define us. No one can say, my sins have been too great. I come to the Lord too late. No one can say, this is just my childhood and I need to go find my authentic self and, and, and not just hear the things of my childhood. No, if you heard the truth in your childhood, that is what you must embrace. That is how you must live. 
by faith. And by God's grace, may you never know a day when you do not say, I love the Lord and I want to live for him. By God's grace, may you have that what's sometimes called boring testimony like Timothy. But there is no testimony which is not beautiful because everyone who trusts in the Lord is a sinner saved by grace. And everyone who trusts in the Lord should desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, our circumstances, when we are equipped, will look very different. But the way that we are equipped must not look different. That takes us to our second point. Equipped by the divine word. The way that we are equipped must not look different. There is only one 66 book, 66 piece set of tools for this job. The word of God which must be received in faith. We must be equipped by the divine word of God. Paul reminds Timothy that for Timothy, he's been familiar with these writings from his childhood. He has long had a good knowledge of what the word of God says, but that is not enough. You must have the knowledge uh, received in faith. Look now at the end of verse 15, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And so to be acquainted with the sacred writings from childhood, to have a knowledge of what the word of God says, this is a great blessing, but it must be received in faith. It's able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And now, uh, again, we can consider the lives of Paul and Timothy. Paul, when he was persecuting the early church, he knew the scriptures very well. Uh, he was at the, at the very top of having a knowledge of the Old Testament scriptures. But that deep knowledge uh, was nothing for him when he had all that knowledge without faith in the Messiah when he had all that knowledge and simply used it in his zeal to persecute the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and the people of Jesus Christ. But then after his conversion, when it's received in faith, now, now it is a blessing for the apostle. And then for Timothy, uh, what he's been acquainted with from his childhood, it is a great blessing for him because he's received it in faith. He has received it as one, if we go back to the language of chapter 1, verse 14, uh, why, uh, why can Timothy guard the truth of the word of God? Why can he be entrusted with this deposit? It is because, chapter 1, verse 14, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. 
It's by the Holy Spirit who works faith. It's in Christ Jesus our Savior. This is how the Word is able to make us wise uh, for salvation. And so, uh, brothers and sisters, if we take that word equipped in the middle of verse 17, and it's a word which in both the the English and in the Greek behind it is is very broad. It doesn't just mean like being equipped with um, with armor for war. It it can mean equipped in all kinds of different ways. And so let's take that broad word and let's and let's take it for equipment in in one modern sense of the word. A mechanic equipped with the right tools. You need to be equipped with the right tools. Uh, go to any mechanic and say, I want you to do all of the work that you did this past week, and I want you to do all of the same things this coming week, but you cannot use any tools. I mean, take away, take away the tool set from a mechanic, and uh, he, will, he will look at you like you are crazy. You need to have the right tools for the job. Well, if we think about the Christian life, If we think about desiring to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, verse 12. If we think about being, the end of verse 17, equipped for every good work, how how will this be? Well, it is with only that one tool set that we're given. And then not only a tool set, but also a, a, a true knowledge, a knowledge of faith. Because, again, it's not just enough to have the tools um, you could you could give me all of the best tools of a mechanic and tell me to do everything a mechanic did the last week, and that wouldn't go very well because I don't have a true knowledge of those tools and what they should do, and and neither do most of us. Although I think some of us some of us do. And so we we know you need to have the tools and you need to have a true knowledge. And we take that image and we apply it to faith and we say, how can we live our life? You need the tools. You need the Word of God. That is the only divine Word. It is the only truth that we can stand on. And you need to have a true knowledge. You need to have the knowledge of faith. You need to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit as you come to this Word. And so, uh, brothers and sisters, from that... The applications flow out. The word itself is where we go to test what is true teaching or false teaching. Look closely with me at verse 16, brothers and sisters. All Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable. And now these next two words, they they describe how it's profitable for for true doctrine, for orthodoxy, for true teaching. It's profitable for teaching the right thing and for reproof against false doctrine. Do you want to know what is true? Do you want to know how to speak against that which is false? Go to the Word of God. Go to the divine Word breathed out by the Holy Spirit. And don't just take bits and pieces. Take all of it. Take all of it as God has revealed it to us in context, as we see the the 66 books as a unity of the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. And what about for true living? 
Well, the last part of verse 16, those are, those are words which, which are focused on living, which are focused on, on an ethic being lived out. Do you want to uh, speak a word of correction against false living? Well, that's what the word for correction emphasizes there towards the end of verse 16. Do you want to know how to live rightly uh, in, in what we're practically called to do, to use that phrase from one day to another? Then go to the word of God. That is where you will have training in righteousness. This is, this is, true, for, this is true for every part of our life. Let's just take, let's just take one word and zoom in on that. Let's just take the word anger. Do you want to know how to deal with anger? People made in the image of God may have some level of practical, helpful hints and ways of thinking about dealing with anger. But the Word of God is not only the best practical advice because it's not tainted with with man, it's the Holy Spirit's own Word. It is also that which gets to the very foundation of the problem of anger. And it gets to the very foundational sin of anger, which is that we are angry against God and angry against those made in the image of God. And so the Word of God is both the best practical way to think about how to deal with anger and the only foundational way that gets down to the root that we need to confess our sins to the Lord and that we need to confess our sin of being angry against God's image bearers and ultimately of sinning against God himself. And then we could, we could go through the, the list and we could name one sin after another. And it's the Word of God which is to be the starting point for our practical day-to-day dealing with sin and is the only foundational Word that teaches us what to do with our sin. To repent of our sins, to turn away from our sins, to seek to come into godly living and to trust in Jesus Christ, the only righteous one. And so, uh, people of God, this is our toolbox. The Word of God. It's true for Timothy in a particular way in that the very nature of his labor is as a minister of the word. But brothers and sisters, this is true going back again to that language of verse 12, for all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. The word of God must be our guide, our truth, what we lean upon. If we lean upon our own understanding, we will not be equipped. We will be worse off than a mechanic without tools. If we try to take this toolbox apart from faith, we will be worse off than someone with no knowledge, though he has all the tools in his hand. Take this word, dive deep into this word. Hear this word preached again and again. Desire to hear it preached again and again. Open it up in your own life again and again. 
and be shaped by it. Don't just know it. Receive it in faith. Desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Guided by the very word of God. Brothers and sisters, this is this is our calling. And it's the invitation to come. It's never too late. By God's grace, may you say all through your life, do as I say and as I do, as I imitate Christ. But even if you can't say that, then say, do as I say and not as I have done in the past. Because God does change sinners. It is never too late. It is never too early. This is where we come. This is our standard for true living, for true teaching. May each of us be equipped for good works of service in the name of Jesus Christ, our only Savior. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, our Lord, make us to stand upon the rock, Jesus Christ, and the word that Christ has